हिरोई टेल्स ऑफ बांग्लादेश मुक्ति संग्राम एपिसोड सेवन एयरबोर्न ऑपरेशन ऑफ 1971 वॉर ईस्ट पाकिस्तान बैटल ऑफ पुंगले ब्रिज कंसेप्ट रिटायर्ड मेजर जनरल नितिन गडकरी राइटर्स रिटायर्ड मेजर जनरल नितिन गडकरी एंड ब्रिगेडियर जसबीर बाबा शैलेश महापणकर क्षितिज जहागीरदार रिटायर्ड मेजर जनरल नितिन गडकरी एंड सागर नाइक नाउ लिसन टू द एपिसोड सेवन All those who have seen either the longest day or the bridge too far two of the most iconic world war 2 movies would remember that in both movies hollywood took great efforts to depict on screen two of the greatest airdrops into france and holland respectively in the closing stages of world war 2 these airdrops were part of the allied offensive into europe to end the german occupation in a bridge too far sean connery the iconic bond actor played the role of us 82 airborne division commander units of which were paradropped on seven different bridges to cut off the retreating german army if the airborne operations in east pakistan were influenced by these two legendary world war 2 actions then it would be a great feather in the caps of indian military planners to emulate the exemplary examples out of military history airborne operations are specialized operations undertaken to achieve tactical and strategic surprise on the battlefield as was explained in the second episode of this series the thrust lines into east pakistan were multiple and having covered the thrust in the northwest sector during the battle of hili and bogra we now cover the adjacent thrust line that is northern thrust line strategically placed this thrust line was aiming for the heart of east pakistan dhaka this also had the shortest distance to dhaka the thrust line was spearheaded by the ad hoc formation 101 communication zone led by major general g s nagra he had under command 95 mountain brigade with its complement of three infantry battalions and an artillery regiment and other supporting elements also there was an ad hoc sector under brigadier sun singh mahavir chakra called fox trot juliet sector the primary force with this sector was 6 bihar an infantry battalion and a bsf battalion however the most critical resource allotted to the 101 communication zone thrust line was 50 independent para brigade group less a battalion this army headquarter resource was grouped for an airborne operation well in advance to cater for a contingency that should dhaka be vulnerable the coup de grace can be delivered from the air the paradrops were planned by eastern command headquarters 
keeping in mind the progress of operations and the strategic time frame there was more than one contingency for the para drop pakistan's 93 infantry brigade was holding defenses in the northern sector in jamalpur and maimun singh guarding the access of kamalpur jamalpur tangail on the west and halughat maimun singh tangail in the east part of the brigade area both these axes converged into one 10 kilometers north of a town named tangail for troops of the 93 brigade of pakistan this axis was critical for them to fall back and reach dhaka indian army's 95 mountain brigade advance was led by first maratha jangi paltan which was moving along kamalpur jamalpur tangail axis and 6 bihar of the foxtrot juliet sector was moving along halughat maimun singh tangail axis both thrust lines were met with stiff resistance an interesting incident occurred when first maratha had encircled jamalpur from the south and the east brigadier clare commander of the 95 mountain brigade sent a letter to the pakistani commander of the garrison at jamalpur lieutenant colonel sultan ahmed let us see how the offer of surrender and the reply took place to the commander jamalpur garrison i am directed to inform you that your garrison has been cut off from all sides and you have no escape routes available one brigade with its full complement of artillery has already been built up another will be arriving in the morning in addition you have been given the foretaste of a small element of our air force with a lot more to come the situation as far as you are concerned is hopeless your higher commanders have already ditched you as a soldier to soldier i give you an assurance of your safety and honorable treatment when you surrender since that is the only course left open for you i am quite sure you will not be foolhardy in risking the lives of your men under your command for your personal ego you may have heard the appeal of our army chief and i once again reiterate that if you wish to be united with your families the only course open is surrender we will arrive at the formalities as soon as i get your reply it may be pertinent to point out that in case you fall in the hands of the mukti forge or the sympathizers they are most unlikely to spare your lives your colleague captain ehsan malik wisely surrendered to me at kamalpur on 4 december he and his men are well looked after as per the geneva convention i expect your reply before 6:30 pm today failing which i would be constrained to deliver the final blow for which purpose 40 sorties of the migs have been allotted to me in the morning's action the prisoners captured by us 
have given us your strength and dispositions and they have let you down. The treatment I expect to be given to the civil messenger shall be in accordance to a gentleman's code of honour and no harm should come to him. An immediate reply is solicited by me. 9th of December 1971, Brigadier H.S. Clare. The Pakistani commander, Lieutenant Colonel Sultan, sent the following reply. The letter was recorded by General Jacob in his book, Surrender at Dhaka, thus according it a place in the military history. The reply was sent with a bullet wrapped in it. To Brigadier H.S. Clare, Dear Brigadier, Hope this letter finds you in good spirits. Thanks for your letter. We here in Jamalpur are waiting for the fight to commence. It has not started yet, so let's not talk and start it. You said 40 sorties. I may point out they are inadequate. Please ask for many more. Your remark about the messenger being given a proper treatment was superfluous. Shows how you underestimate my boys. I hope he liked the tea though. Give my love to Muktis. Hoping to find you with a stand in your hand next time instead of a pen you seem to have so much mastery over. I am yours most sincerely, Colonel Sultan, Commander Jamalpur Forces. This exchange of letters has become a legend of sorts. The Pakistani garrison commander of Jamalpur, Lieutenant Colonel Sultan Ahmed, was decorated with Sitara Ijurat, the Indian equivalent of Veer Chakra for his stand at Jamalpur. He survived the war, but little did he realize that within 36 hours of refusing to surrender, his brigade commander ordered him to vacate and fall back to Dhaka from the same Jamalpur garrison, which he so valiantly wanted to defend. The Pakistanis were unaware of the encirclement of Jamalpur which Brigadier Clare had written in his letter. Their attempt to fall back turned into a breakout battle as the leading columns of the battalion ran into a roadblock established by 1st Marathas. The Pakistani 31 Baluch was decimated as it suffered casualties. 234 killed and 34 wounded. Colonel Sultan Ahmed managed to escape the dragnet at Jamalpur, but he had to ultimately surrender in Dhaka. The rush of the Pakistani battalion out of the Jamalpur resulted from a rumoured para-drop by the Indian army somewhere behind. The fear of being cut off led to this panic withdrawal. The para-drop by two para was scheduled for the next day. That is, 11 December 1971. Having heard the background of the events before the para-drop, let's hear from a 71-war veteran paratrooper himself. What it takes to plan and execute a para-drop behind enemy lines in war. Colonel Promote Tembe, in 1971 war, was posted to the 50 Independent Para-Brigade, under which two para was grouped as GSO-3, which means an operational staff officer to the brigade commander. He was with the brigade headquarters planning operations of paradrop throughout East Pakistan. 
Ultimately, the decision was taken to para drop two para at Tangail. Let us welcome Colonel Pramod Tembe to this edition of Mukti Sangram presented by Jhankar Studios. The interviewer is Major General Nitin Gadkari. So, welcome to the show. Today, we are talking about the famous Tangail drop by two para in the 1971 war in East Pakistan. So, let me first ask you, why is this para drop become so famous? Thank you, General Gadkari, for giving me the honor to be here speaking about airborne operations in East Pakistan during 71 war. The two para group, two para battalion group dropped in Bangladesh was the first of its kind after the Second World War with the nearly thousand bodies or troops or whatever the strength, they were dropped in enemy territory behind enemy lines. And that's why it's very famous. So can you uh, explain to our listeners the details of the resource which is utilized in the paradrop uh, behind the enemy lines like that was in Tengel? What kind of a resource is required? In this particular operation, the aircraft involved Corrected for this level, at this high level para drop, AN 12 quantity 6, Fairchild packets quantity 20, Dakotas, C 47 Dakotas 22, and Caribou 2. According to this, the 50 aircraft were assembled to carry out this operation from two. two airfields, one from Kalaikonda and second from Dum Dum Airport in Calcutta. The man first, the, the, and there were two Pathfinder teams also involved with two packets. Third one was kept reserve in case of one Pathfinder not being able to reach the DZ as a reserve. So, uh, thanks for that. Could you, could you explain to our listeners, when you say a para-battalion group, what does it involve? It has the infantry, it also has some of the elements. Yes. So could you just explain that? The para-battalion group is, has elements from uh, the whole para-battalion, the infantry battalion, para-battalion, plus a uh, direct field battery in support, in direct support. The, uh, elements of parafield company engineers, engineers. The, the medical team complete with a surgeon or one or two surgeons anesthetists the operation the complete staff involved for surgery during battle of course the signal elements are part and parcel of any any army formation the signal support helps them to maintain communications within the group and outside the group with higher formations. Thank you, sir. That was uh, nicely explained. Now, uh, it is essential for our listeners to understand what it means to be dropped behind enemy lines. It's easy to be dropped in an exercise, but imagine 
a parallel drop which is behind a Pakistani brigade, and the brigade sees that parallel drop is taking place. When does that troop, para troop body which falls down, when and for how long it's most vulnerable? What what all dangers do they face when they are coming down and on the ground? Could you explain that to our listeners? The first leading aircraft flies, drops the paratrooper. Wherever the para, first paratrooper lands, that is the place recorded and marked for subsequent drop zones. Depending on the for subsequent drops, depending on the surface wind, they carry smoke screen, smoke candles. They see and move that point. Uh, slightly in the opposite direction and mark it there. Rest of the aircraft fly over that point, drop everyone, so that everybody lands in that selected DZ dropping zone. The the paratroopers are very very vulnerable after leaving the aircraft till they reach the ground, land on the ground on the DZ, regroup themselves. And take action against any enemy which has intervened the paradrop at that moment. We just heard from the war veteran Colonel Tembe himself the complexity of a paradrop behind enemy lines, especially when they are coming down in the air and hitting the ground. I would like to share a live experience of Lieutenant Colonel Surjit Singh, a two-para officer. a lieutenant in the war with barely one year service who fought bravely and was awarded the veer chakra for his bravery after the war while we were descending down i could see crowds running towards our landing area it was a frightening sight since paratroopers are most vulnerable when coming down as we got closer to the ground i could hear loud chants of joy bangla joy bangla it was a big relief to realize that they after all were friendly bengalis they were excited and helpful but the presence of such a large crowd delayed our rv drill we had trained very hard and repeatedly practiced till we could do the rv drill in 20 minutes under ideal conditions still here we took more than an hour to organize ourselves into company lots and complete the drill to be ready for combat once again going back to colonel tembe thank you sir so, so there is a concept of link up of a para troop body it has to be link, linked up with a ground force yes. in this particular case two para was linked up by first marathas okay. the jangi palton and there is a connection there is a historic yeah. connection so can you explain the the importance of a link up by ground force and what this historic connection was the the airborne force after dropping is involved in taking action against the enemy on the ground after overcoming that opposition they have to regroup move towards the objective organize their own defense and hold on to that objective or the secured area till they are linked up now the link up is a ground force moving towards the same objective on the ground and they have to they move the the paratroopers on the ground take action take 
they also have a link up party with them the link up formation has their battalion or company for link up on orders they move towards the para airborne force paratroopers these people go there first establish on radio contact then the physical contact and then that battalion moves forward and joins this force and they provide most support in manpower equipment supplies rations everything depending on the action of the uh, uh, progress of the battle on the ground now the link up force was first marathas the jangi paltan because they have to date participated in all operations of the country now in this particular case the tripara marathas was is the original uh, tripara marathas came to para in fact it was they were having number of first fifth marathas second fifth marathas third fifth marathas the third fifth marathas did great action in casino uh, italy and world war 2 Num one number of awards military cross veer chakras and what not and of course victoria cross yashwant namdev uh, two para battalion is a victoria cross holder there is a connection of uh, one para uh, two para and one marathas we heard colonel tembe telling us the importance of the link up and the historical connection between the two famous maratha battalions and how they created history a history the marathas across continents would be proud of and it is a history that does justice to the lineage of chhatrapati shivaji maharaj he in his narrative also mentioned the importance of securing the objective for which the para drop had taken place that is the pungli bridge and the ferry sites around it let us once again hear the thought shared by lieutenant colonel surjit singh who tells us how their battalion regrouped and moved towards capturing their principal objectives after reaching the ground in the quiet of darkness i deployed the machine guns in the area indicated to me off the map and by air photographs but i was very uncertain about the location of our own troops i was little nervous and extremely apprehensive of shooting into our own i could see them at night hence i had organized for raid tracers to be fired by the flanking machine guns to avoid factory side there was silence all around and the night was still as still it can be it was a long and lonely anxious wait we heard from colonel pramod tembe and lieutenant colonel surjit singh explaining to us the nuances of a para drop operation and particularly at tangail the best description of the battle can come from someone who has actually planned a part of that operation lieutenant general nirbhay sharma pvsm uysm avsm vsm was a young captain with the battalion tupara he was the adjutant of the battalion and had a vital role in the para drop he was responsible for making the flight manifests lieutenant general nirbhay sharma later commanded his battalion tupara 15 corps in Srinagar and was also the governor of Arunachal Pradesh and Mizoram 
he had spoken about the operation in many public forums and given a lucid description of what happened during the paradrop and its aftermath. We have culled out some of his thoughts. Lieutenant General Nirbhai Sharma's thoughts based on his interview with Bharat Shakti are echoed as a voiceover by Nitin Gadkari. I was the adjutant of the Battalion 2 Para in operations. The objective was to capture the Pongli Bridge and the road leading to Dhaka from Jamalpur and Maiman Singh. It was on the Lohjang River, which is a tributary of the Brahmaputra. There were also some ferry sites east of the bridge, which were needed to be captured. The bridge was critical for a force to get to Dhaka from either Jamalpur or Maiman Singh, and also for the ferry sites. The drop zone was chosen around the town of Tengel. Pongli Bridge was located southwest of this drop zone. The area of Tengel was under the control of the Mukti Bahaini and thus was relatively safe for landing. The drop time was also fixed, 4.30 pm in the evening, such that the battalion had about an hour of daylight before darkness set in. The operational reason why a drop had to be planned was around 8th December 71, the momentum of the Indian forces seemed to be dwindling. The thrust lines were progressing, but slowly. The northern thrust line, that is the 101 communication zone, was meeting with stiff resistance from the Pakistanis 93 Infantry Brigade at Maiman Singh and Jamalpur. This incidentally was also the fastest route to Dhaka. And a delay on this thrust line would be detrimental to the fall of Dhaka. The critical strategic time frame of 15 days was coming under strain. A drop behind enemy lines could change the direction of war, as an airborne operation is meant to be a game changer, if correctly executed. With this consideration in mind, the 50 independent para brigade was tasked to plan a para drop to cut the withdrawal routes of Pakistan's 93 Infantry Brigade units. This would increase the pressure on the enemy and open the shortest access to Dhaka for the Indian Army formations. The drop zone was secured by infiltrating one of our own officers of the Para Brigade. He was Captain Ghosh, well in advance. He went and married up with the firebrand Mukti Bahini commander Kadar Siddiqui, also known as Tiger Siddiqui, whose force controlled the entire countryside around Tangail. They had selected and secured the general area of the drop zone a day previous to the drop. There was complete air superiority in the area of operations and the air threat to own air force planes was almost non-existent. The Pakistani forces held defences on a strong point basis, which meant their presence in the countryside would be minimum. The aircraft for these operations took off from two different airfields in India, Dum Dum and Kalaikund. The drop went off better than expected. Only one stick, 
and two aircrafts went astray from amongst 50 aircraft. Yet, it was not all hunky-dory and smooth. Our CEO, Lieutenant Colonel Pannu, fell into a pond. He had to swim and then rescued. Similarly, since there were marshes and ponds all over the drop zone, where the paratroopers dropped, they had to be rescued, mostly by the locals in the area. Some of them, of course, on their own. We also had a strange case of a hang-up, meaning a soldier after jumping from the aircraft could not free his wire attached to the aircraft. As a result, he was dangling 15 feet below the packet aircraft when the aircraft was flying. Usually, a man does not survive for more than five minutes due to the extreme winds and pressure and aircraft fumes. But paratrooper Mahadev Gaurav was made of sterner stuff. He survived the hang-up and finally paradropped with his reserve parachute 60 kilometers away. He joined the local band of Mukti Bhainis and continued to fight for them for six days till he joined the battalion with his parachute in Dhaka during the surrender. We gathered our men in stores in good time and prepared for an assault on the bridge which was our objective and the ferry sites. We were told the bridge and the near sites were being held by a company of Pakistani regular army. Immediately after the paradrop, we regrouped and geared for an assault on the bridge. We sent a company to block the road coming from Jamalpur to Pongli Bridge. We planned the assault on the bridge and the ferry sides with two companies. The assault was launched by us around 7 p.m. on 11 December 71. By 8 p.m. the same night, we could capture Pongli Bridge and the ferry sides too. This swift capture of the bridge and the ferry side was attributable to the complete surprise that we had achieved against the Pakistanis. Thereafter, we dug in, knowing very well that we will be counter-attacked by the Pakistanis. And yes, Pakistan launched two counter-attacks. Both were beaten back with heavy casualties. They lost almost 148 killed, 10 wounded and 29 captured. Again the next day, in the daytime, that is 12th December, the Pakistanis launched two more counter-attacks, very hasty counter-attacks. Both were repulsed with heavy casualties, this time almost 80 killed. This decimated the 93 Infantry Brigade of Pakistan, which ceased to exist as a formation. The soldiers all ran helter-skelter, each to himself, making their escape to Dhaka. Most of them were either killed or captured by the Indian Army and Mukti Bhaini. In this battle, we lost six persons killed and 15 injured. But considering the scale of the operations and the risk involved, our casualties were minuscule. At 1700 hours on 12 December, the leading battalion of 95 Mountain Brigade, the 1st Maratha, also called the Jangi Paltan, commanded by Lieutenant General K.S. Brar, then Lieutenant Colonel, linked up with us to para Maratha. This was 
a historical moment to be preserved in the annals of regimental history. Two Maratha battalions, 3-5 Maratha Light Infantry, now 2 Para and 1-5 Maratha Light Infantry, now the Jangi Pelton 1st Paratha, met on the battlefield as comrades in arms on the verge of a great victory. There was much backslapping, cheerful hugging and exchange of notes between the battle-weary Marathas who had a great deal to celebrate about. As narrated by Lieutenant General Nirbhai Sharma in the voiceover of Nitin Gadkari, the para-drop operation was one of the most successful airborne operations undertaken in annals of military history. This battle was bloody for at least the Pakistani side. They suffered far too many casualties and became victims of surprise which was achieved by a well-trained and determined force behind their back. I would like to share with the listeners a personal encounter of Lieutenant Colonel Surjit during this battle. While with my platoon of Charlie Company, I noticed a large number of vehicles approaching the bridge with their headlights on. Orders from the CO Lieutenant Colonel Pannu were to hold fire and maintain strict silence on the radio. But when these vehicles got close, I was in a dilemma. Should I break the radio silence and seek permission or open fire? Both my options were contrary to my commanding officer's orders. Young, impatient and immature, I could not resist shooting sitting ducks and opening fire with the RPG-7 on the leading vehicle barely 100 yards from the bridge. There was commotion and, in my perception, utter confusion as everyone opened up their weapons. In a direct hit, the vehicle was ablaze and 27 of the enemy were instantly killed. My CO then ordered me to move to the line of leading Pakistani vehicle. When I got there, I was greeted by truly horrifying sight for a no voice that I was. Around me was a sea of dead bodies. By sheer instant, I passed orders to my JCO to pump an additional bullet in every dead body, lest we were taken by surprise by some of the enemy feigning death. He confirmed that the needful had been done. I was next to the dead body of a big, tall soldier who was face down and flat on the ground with a weapon clutched in his hands. On my specific asking, the JCO reconfirmed that a bullet had been shot into every single body. Just then, in a flash, this enemy soldier fired. I fell back, my helmet came off and before I could say, Jack Robinson, this huge fellow had pinned me down. I fired my carbine but no bullet came out as the magazine had fallen off. With the enemy on top of me, we got into hand-to-hand -hand fight. I knew instantly that only one of us would survive to tell the tale. God answered my bid to stay alive. God gave me strength to pierce his chest with bayonet on my carbine. I ripped him to death. Indeed, self-preservation is the greatest driver of combat motivation for a soldier. If you did not wince listening to that, then you're not human. 
such a death-defying war story is what heroic tales of Bangladesh Mukti Sangram wants to bring to our listeners. The Paradrop operation was widely reported in the Indian and foreign press. An interesting anecdote is often quoted. The BBC radio correspondents reported on the evening news on 11th December 1971 that the Indian Army has paradropped an entire para-brigade into East Pakistan at Tangail. The Pakistanis believed it because that evening the whole sky was filled with parachutes. The news of an Indian brigade group sitting behind the 93 Infantry Brigade was nerve-wracking for their commander, who ordered a withdrawal from Jamalpur, resulting in a rout as explained earlier. It also unnerved the force commander, General A.A.K. Niazi, who was heading the Pakistan force from Dhaka. So unnerved was he that he sent an op immediate signal to Rawalpindi. Enemy heli dropped approximately one brigade south of Narsinghadi. Stop. Landed one para-brigade in Tangail area. Stop. Request friends arrive Dhaka by air first flight 12th December. Stop. By friends, he meant the Chinese, which the Pakistanis expected would come in their support and land in East Pakistan. While withdrawing from Jamalpur, Brigadier Kadir, the commander of Pakistan's 93 Brigade, was in the Tangail circuit house when a sky full of paratroopers began to descend from a seemingly endless flight of aircraft. He promptly dispatched Major Sarwar, a dispirited company commander of 33 Punjab, to investigate. Sarwar reported back to say, that as per the locals, these were Chinese paratroopers. There was a cheer in the Pakistani camp as they thought their friends, the Chinese, have landed. Imagine their shock and fear when they realized they were Indian troops. It is widely believed that the erroneous reporting of the numbers of paratroopers dropped behind led to the final collapse of the will of the Pakistani commanders to continue the fight in East Pakistan. So devastating was the blow to the morale of the Pakistanis that they lost their will to fight and after that they were looking for an honourable exit from the situation which the Indian Army was unwilling to provide. Whether the BBC correspondents was tricked into believing what he reported will remain a matter of conjecture. Still, Surely and unwittingly, he struck the first nail in the East Pakistani coffin. Subsequently, Tupara was the first battalion to reach Dhaka and deliver to General Niazi the offer of surrender. This story would find a rightful mention in our last episode, Surrender at Dhaka. The Battle of Tangail and the Paradrop has gone down in golden letters in the chapters of Indian military history. For action at Tangail to Para, the commanding officer, Lieutenant Colonel K.S. Pannu, was awarded the Mahavir Chakra. Lieutenant Surjit Singh was awarded the Veer Chakra. 
the second and third highest award for gallantry respectively apart from these two two para was also awarded four more veer chakras and four sena medals the battalion was awarded the battle honor pungli bridge 1971 and theater honors bangladesh the capture of pungli bridge and para drop at tangail was the indian army's finest hour this presentation was brought to you through chankar studios we will bring you the heli drop across meghna in our next episode thank you and keep listening